0: Thank <laughs> my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas it is freezing in the cape i've got my coffee have you got your coffee i do hope so please support my coffee sponsor caloroso coffee they're out in george amazing little coffee shop they'll deliver it is snowing all around cape town Um, i am going to go check out some snow uh this afternoon and um tomorrow but More importantly, I have a very, very interesting and probably one of the smartest guests I've had (laughs) on my show. You can see him. He's on the screen. Uh, His name is Martin van Staden, and he is from the Free Market Foundation. Martin, have you got coffee?
1: No, I already had my coffee, but it's way too warm here in the north for coffee right now. (laughs) Really? Jeez. Yeah. No, it's it's our winter here is over. They said it was going to be cold again today, but I think they lied. So
0: What are you are you saying that the the curve was flattened?
1: Yes, no, it absolutely was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um uh, listen, I I love global warming. If it's going to if it's going to bring snow and make Cape Town winters even colder and bring us more rain so that we don't have any droughts, then I quite like this idea of the earth heating up. <laughs>
1: well if if we had winter rain, that would be great because I would have been very keen in the seventies or what when they said that climate change was gonna lead to a new ice age, so I would have liked that a lot, but uh alas I guess we're all gonna burn to death and uh, that's, no, that's we're all gonna but,
0: yeah we're all gonna drown yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well listen uh you you from the free market foundation uh you are self proclaimed libertarian, you very much love speaking about libertarianism um, and all things i I suppose liberty related Um, that's what we're going to chat about and let's start let's start by asking the question what is libertarianism
1: Mm, okay yeah so i guess there are two answers to that there's a very short one which is to say that libertarianism is the ideology or the philosophy of liberty, so it's in the word, Uh, libertarianism's root word, just like the root word of liberalism is uh, the Latin liber, and that simply means to be free, freedom, etc. And that is what libertarianism is all about, specifically individual freedom, Uh, and uh, historically that's been expressed as saying uh, life, liberty, and property, uh, that you have these free and alienable uh, uh, individual rights, you pursue your own affairs. Um, But then there's a slightly longer version that has to do with the word, uh, which I think is very important, uh, especially for people who aren't in the United States. And that's uh, simply that, well, in the, I think it was 1689 or something like that, John Locke published his two Treatises of government, uh, and that was the, the recognized start of liberalism. Um, and that is where the first time this idea of life, liberty, and property was expressed. Uh, and that was pretty popular uh, amongst, I guess, the American founding fathers. Uh, not to say they were uh, explicitly libertarian, but a lot of those ideas made it into the United States Constitution. Uh, those ideas uh, lingered in Europe, but it was only until much later that they um, really became a uh, part of the European politics. Um, and that was liberalism uh, as they knew it. And then in the at the turn of the 20th century, the 1900s, something started to happen. Uh, you had uh, what we call today social democrats, uh, uh, socialists, moderate socialists, starting to adopt the word liberal uh, as, uh, as as their their descriptor. Uh, and this reached its climax in the mid middle of the previous century, uh, when specifically FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the president of the United States, described his whole political program as liberal. Uh, And that was around the time when, um, I think it was first the Foundation for Economic Freedom, fee. their president at the time, started describing himself as a libertarian, because he could no longer describe himself as a liberal, because that is... Uh, according to the I guess the zeitgeist of the American of America at that time liberal meant left-wing pro-government big government interventionist. Uh, and from there on uh, uh, a guy called Murray Rothbard, I think from the 60s onwards started also popularizing the term libertarian uh, as describing classical liberalism. So libertarianism, uh, the way I've described it to some people who are confused about it, Is a libertarian, is a, uh, is an American word for what we know as liberalism in South Africa. So it's very much uh, a creation of, of Americans. Uh, It was used before that by, ironically enough, socialists, uh, but they dropped it uh, quite some time ago. Mm. So libertarianism Uh, is now an unequivocal capitalist uh, term, but mostly American. Uh, So, yeah, that's the the longer version of why we use this word, but essentially it is classical liberalism, and that is this belief that the individual, because they uh, are independent uh, decision makers, for instance, a group cannot choose, a group's choices only comes out of the the uh, accumulation of choices and agreement between its members, only an individual can choose. And I think that recognition has led to this idea that because only the, the individual can choose and because only the individual, therefore, can have the, the I guess, the moral responsibility for their choices, uh, the individual must be accorded the, the right, the recognized right, to make decisions for themselves, of course, always subject to the proviso that they may not interfere with that very same right of other people. So that is, in a nutshell, mm. what libertarianism believes. And, uh, of course, there are offshoots of that. Some libertarians believe as a result of that reality, government as a whole is a illegitimate institution. It may not exist because its very existence depends upon the negation of liberty. Uh, and then other libertarians, who I believe would probably be most libertarians, argue that because of this reality government has a very specific duty uh, a very fixed duty not a fluid duty as we conceive of government today that it does whatever the people want it to do, it has a fixed duty and that is to ensure that this liberty of the individual is protected. So that's, that's libertarianism in a few words. Uh,
0: cool, well uh, cool. it's, it's well, been a great show thanks everybody for, show. Watching. <laughs> Thank for watching. <laughs> um, um, it sounds as if sounds what you're, like you're like ooh, I'm hearing myself coming through your laptop. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. i I'm, uh, I'm echoing.
1: lower my sound a bit. Uh, okay, I've lowered my right. sound. I don't know if all that's right.
0: gonna work. No, I can still hear myself, no, but asleep. it's okay.
1: No, that's
0: no worries, I'll just try no worries, and pretend solve. that I can't hear myself. Okay, so... Okay. It sounds as if libertarianism sounds- is the polar opposite to communism.
1: Yeah. No, I would say that's that's a perfect description. Uh, I would say libertarians are the embodiment of the anti-communist mentality. And if I can go a little bit further than that, although the saying this would not come without a, a fair share of controversy, and that is that libertarians are probably the the uh, the most anti-democrat as well uh, uh, in a, in in the sense that government the the idea that the group can come together and vote on the liberty of the individual is as the social justice warriors would say problematic uh, and uh, libertarians certainly are not democrats but that is not to say that libertarians think that people are stupid they can't make decisions but rather that decisions in big groups uh, tend to be uh, uh, less than ideal very ineffective Um, And that is uh, uh, why I think libertarianism, rather than being associated with democracy the way that liberalism is today, very much associated, liberal democracy, etc., libertarianism has a far closer kinship to constitutionalism. And that is, uh, again, something that I think first really came about, uh, at least in a state context. Uh, with the American founding and that, that was very much a break on democracy. It was in as much as it was also one of the first democratic experiments. It was very much the, fir- very, the first constitutional experiment. And that is to say that government has to be limited. Government cannot do whatever the people wanted to do. And that, I think, is very much a um, uh, part of the libertarian political philosophy. Uh, and That's still Mm. what libertarians uh, believe today, even though it's become remarkably difficult to say uh, you can't apply the democratic principle to everything. Uh, I mean, that's particularly relevant in South Africa where we're very much trying to democratize, so-called democratize everything. Um, Mm. But Uh, yeah, that that libertarianism really... um, So I should be careful here. Uh, A lot of people take libertarianism and say that it's anti-group, it's anti-community, uh, that's absolutely not the case. I do not know of one libertarian thinker who has ever made that argument. I think uh, uh, most of them, including someone like Hayek, uh, Frederick uh, August Hayek, a uh, very prominent libertarian thinker of the previous century, very much made arguments in favor of community-based solutions to problems. Um, uh, uh, the idea that the individual can freely decide to enter and exit communities. Um, yes, we are born into communities and we should be able to decide whether we stay in those mm. communities once we reach adulthood, etc. That's perfectly fine. But the moment you impose that through force, which is exactly what a government is, then certain uh, uh, constraints come into play. and that is That is constitutionalism and that is very much a... A creature of of classical liberalism, of libertarianism, and that's one of the major victories. I mean, a lot of people give libertarianism smack for never having won any victories. I would say that constitutionalism is the ultimate victory that libertarianism won hundreds of years ago, and something we're still benefiting from today in leaps and bounds, even though constitutionalism is failing uh, now all around the world. But Mm -hmm. it has had a remarkable uh, period of working pretty well, so yeah, far from it we we have had a, a very substantial victory, and we really need to climb back and reclaim that <laughs>
0: Martin, what is the role, Martin the, the role of the government
1: yeah, so it's it shouldn't surprise you to hear that even libertarians disagree <laughs> about what where exactly that is, but essentially uh, that is to protect the individual rights of uh, of individuals, uh, and if those individuals decide to form groups and communities to, prefer, to protect those communities and their rights, uh, that means, uh, to put it uh, simply, uh, to protect your private property, um, to enforce your contracts, um, and the role of the military is also recognized to protect you from foreign aggressors, etc. But it's a far more limited scope than uh, what is recognized for government around the world today so there will be no welfare corporate or uh, 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 poverty uh, pro poor welfare um, there will be no protection of morality I know this is this could probably be very controversial for for many of your listeners. Uh, but uh, the the idea is that if the community itself uh, is willing to protect its its uh, standards of decency and so on, that that must be enough and if it isn 't then there 's probably a lack of belief in that morality mm. from that community. Yeah. Uh, Just look at the solidarity movement in South Africa, a very powerful civil movement that is protecting Afrikaner culture. And uh, if we didn't have a very anti-Afrikaner culture government, then I think solidarity would be remarkably effective at what it's doing. So government definitely should not be anti-anyone's culture, but it should also not be pro-any culture. It should just stick to providing the the environment for people to make these choices for themselves. Mm. Uh, That is essentially what the role of government, according to uh, libertarians that do recognize a role for government is. uh, When you speak to anarchists, uh, which oddly enough most of my libertarian colleagues in South Africa are anarchists, I'm one of the only ones who is not an anarchist. (laughs) Uh, But if you speak to uh, uh, Piaki Dlamini, for instance, who you know well, uh, he will tell you that government uh, government has no role. Uh, government is inherently illegitimate because everything it does, even when it protects individual rights, it needs to fund through taxation. And by taxing you, it's uh, taking away your property. Mm. So it, it, it gets a little bit uh, difficult in that respect. But yes, so that is in a nutshell what, what the purpose of, of government in according to the libertarian uh, ideological framework is. Although there is, I guess there is room for practical considerations, for instance, in, uh, in a society like South Africa's, where government itself has really um, almost forced people into poverty and kept them there for centuries. You could, I guess, make an argument and say that government first needs to wind down welfare. It cannot stop just stop giving out welfare. Government does need to engage in some kind of restitution, even yeah. though that would definitely yeah. not be an efficient uh, way to, to do it. Um, And in that respect, a lot of libertarians, uh, Milton Friedman, for instance, believed in vouchers, Um, so government uh, still hands out uh, uh, some money to to the poor, specifically uh, um, uh, representing a certain amount of money for them to buy things, services in the private market. So while government, for instance, has no role to provide schooling whatsoever, the government could... uh, to an extent, fund the private education of the poor without itself dictating curriculums, yeah. uh, having yeah. teachers' unions and so forth involved. So there is a little bit of wiggle room there, I guess, as a transitional measure towards uh, a really uh, uh, substantial separation of state and economy, of state and and uh, and society, of state and culture. Uh, it's it's a, it's a gradual process, I guess.
0: Yeah, a couple of people yeah, in the comments are saying that they're hearing the echo. It's because you're not wearing headphones.
1: You're not wearing headphones. Oh jeez.
0: So what's happening is uh, that so what's happening is that I'm speaking into my I'm mic and then mic, we're and all then hearing it coming through your speaker it, your if that makes sense. Mm. So that makes sense. So but if there's okay. nothing uh, Should there's I, there's I get nothing? my headphones? Yes, please. Yes,
1: please.
0: Okay, let me do that. <laughs> there we go. That should there sort out the echo problem. Echo c i a is listening in <laughs> in the meantime good morning everybody thank you for joining in um martin uh is a uh, free market foundation um i wanna say employee but he's a lot more than that um he he fights for the cause of uh, of of liberty um and uh he's probably one of the most well read guys that you will um That you will hear speak. I don't know if Martin can can you hear me?
1: Yes, I can. Can you hear me?
0: Oh man, Mm -hmm. what an absolute pleasure. (laughs) That's so much better, better. thank you. Thank you, thank you. Right, so now we don't have that echo. Um Okay, so we were talking about or you were talking about the role of the government and you mentioned Friedman. Um and I think he he famously presented uh i think three very good points as to what the role of the government is and and you pre- you pretty much summarized them it's to it's to enforce contracts to uh protect us from harming one another essentially to enforce our own safety and of course to protect the borders now where where i where i struggle and i've been a libertarian for many years but i'm not i don't see myself as a libertarian anymore and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Not because I have any issues with it. Um, I've just kind of evolved a little bit of my thinking. I mean, I'm extremely sympathetic to the libertarian cause. Um, I see libertarianism as just one facet of where I am in life. I don't put the individual liberty um, at the paramount position. Perhaps that's why I don't see myself as, as a libertarian. But we can chat about that. Um, what I wanted to ask you is are libertarians divided on borders? Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, quite quite uh, contentiously. Okay. I, I don't know if I could say we're divided right down the middle, Um. Mm. but a, a large number of libertarians favor so-called closed borders, and other libertarians favor so-called open borders, right. and anarchists favor no borders. So that's the... the the, the I guess the free positions uh, anarchists obviously would uh, say that uh, there is no such thing as a legitimate border because a border divides governments and the government is inherently illegitimate the only thing that there are are, are boundaries of private property uh, so the extent what that your property extends that is that's your border uh, monarchists like myself uh, minimal government uh, uh, people we do recognize borders, uh, Mm. but uh, I personally fall on the open border side of that. That does not mean abolishing the border. That means that there is a presumption in favor of entry. Uh, So if you are just a person coming over and the government has no good reason to think that you are coming with the intention to harm people on the other side of that border, you should be let in. Uh, Because once the government steps beyond that and starts worrying about, for instance, your skills, your money, then you are starting to wade again into economic planning, uh, socialism, where some committee or department in the government has uh, taken for itself the... Uh, responsibility of deciding whether certain skills are needed mm. whether you have enough money to do certain things uh, that's very much economic planning that's very much something that uh, from the free market the I guess the market fundamentalist perspective you would say that government cannot do that because it does not have the requisite knowledge it cannot have the knowledge because information is decentralized and spread over each individual around the world so government cannot make those decisions so it needs to just keep itself out of economic affairs and let people in unless that person has somehow manifested that they are going to come into that country and harm uh, property or liberty or life Uh, then obviously the government can uh, keep them from entering then you do have uh libertarians associated with uh, someone called um Hans Hermann Hoppe he's an anarchist but uh he believes that for as long as the state exists uh then there should be uh then closed borders Position should be uh, a monarchy adopted and he,
0: a monarchy yeah
1: yes so so he believes in a monarchy and i think the essence of his argument i i can't say that i'm an expert on it is that um because in a private society, in an anarchist society, people would close their borders, uh, uh, then government, as a result, I guess as a proxy for that, needs to act as though it were the private owner of the property. And that is essentially what a monarchy is. Uh, the, the monarch regards the realm as his private property. And government needs to then also keep the borders closed. Uh, and and that this needs to happen for as long as government exists and is funding its operations through taxation, etc. And uh, there's also this element that um, current taxpayers are the owners of public property. Uh, and outsiders from outside the borders uh, are not. They did not contribute to paying for public property. Mm. And therefore, if they come onto that public property they are essentially stealing from uh, uh, current taxpayers. So that is more or less the closed borders position as as I understand it. Uh, I definitely do not agree with that. Uh, I think that that argument is, is problematic when you start using the government's own prior conduct to, to justify further Uh, expansions in its own power you're entering what seems to me to be a endless cycle an endless loop where you keep saying that because government did X in the past it must now uh, fix that Uh, it must now uh, mitigate that by doing Y, uh, and in doing so increase the, the power of the state I think that 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 doesn't lead to freedom that doesn't lead to a point where you can say okay now now we've reached a point where uh all everything is equal, and now we can uh enter a private society or a, a free society where government does not do that um so for me it's 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 very much a matter of um, we have to uh, uh put liberty on on the pedestal, so to speak, and say that we need to go there now um whatever the past. Uh, otherwise we 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 won't escape escape the cycle of, of of repression and so forth so um that is essentially the the, the uh, my approach to to borders mm. um uh, there's there's a bit more to that and that um uh, uh, the the argument the, the taxpayer argument seems to me to to fall apart when you consider the The poorest people in in your society, on your side of the border, Uh, for instance, they have paid as little taxes, if not less, than uh, people on the other side of the border. Yet, they are accorded the the privilege, I guess, of utilizing public property quite Mm. freely. Uh, They get state services and the closed borders libertarians, uh, conservatives tend to be okay with that. And to me, that seems to be odd because... uh, Stripped of nationality, these two groups of people are in exactly the same position. Neither of them are so-called net net taxpayers. They don't contribute more than they get out. Um, So, in effect, they are stealing from net taxpayers. And to me, it seems that if you want to take the position that foreigners must be excluded uh, over and above whether they want to harm uh, people on this side of the board, they should just be assumed to be excluded unless they comply with some uh piece of legislation or regulation acted by government. Um you are these these two groups are the same thing and you'll need to apply that same principle to the absolute poorest in your society and also say that they may not leave their I guess call it their enclaves. They may not enter onto um onto public property because they will then also be stealing Mm. um when it comes to welfare i mean the libertarian position is simple yes foreigners should not be receiving welfare and neither should people uh neither should citizens be receiving welfare uh nobody should be receiving welfare because well on a principled level welfare is theft from taxpayers and on a practical level it has been shown to simply not achieve its desired ends it incentivizes Mm. poverty especially in south africa i mean it's it's quite shocking how the government celebrates how many people it puts on welfare it doesn't actually it doesn't
0: actually lift anybody out of poverty
1: yeah no exactly so so the libertarian position so uh, i guess i should have said this earlier but a lot of libertarians are um I guess you can call them utilitarians, consequentialists. Mm. They don't uh, go into all the uh, principled stuff that I've been describing so far. They simply come to libertarianism and moreover uh, the free market by saying that, well, it works. Uh, And I mean that's true. Mm. That's perfectly true. Uh, I think wherever – and I certainly haven't seen an exception to this. Wherever a free market has been adopted or uh, adopted to an extent, it has produced – uh, great amounts of prosperity relative to its own history. I cannot think of one yeah. exception to this rule. And every index of economic freedom shows that a free market just works. And applied to our borders discussion, I would say that it's simply an extension of the free market to say that if I have a company in South Africa and I want to hire Zimbabweans, then I should be allowed to hire Zimbabweans without them having to satisfy a bunch of rules that were decided upon by a bunch of highly, highly incompetent people in our parliament. So it uh, it, it it applies the free market principle uh, across the board, uh, at least from my open borders libertarian perspective.
0: Yeah, I I I struggle with this. So I've been I've been an advocate. Uh, for open borders for many years up until maybe about a year ago. Um, I have... I've subsequently done a 180. I've changed my views on that and largely to do with perhaps a more conservative perspective. Um, I've been reading, you know, um, books by Douglas Murray, for example, um, and um, Nassim Taleb and and a few few other sort of conservative slash right-wing thinkers. Um, And, I mean a border discussion can go on for hours right so we're not here to try and to try and solve that um, but i i think it is safe to say though that borders absolutely do serve a purpose um and i and i i just want to make sure that i'm understanding you you're not opposed to borders um because you favor private borders your your opposition comes to the government deciding on where those borders are um so in other words Public borders is where your is where your opposition stands. Have I got it correct?
1: So uh, uh, yes, uh, but just uh, to clarify a little bit. So again, I'm not an anarchist. So mm. yes, I believe in private borders. I think private property is as close as you can get to sacrosanct. Uh, that being said, I am um, I advocate for open public borders, not no public borders. So right. I do think borders serve serve a purpose. Uh, I think that it channels people to certain entry points, it makes it easier for the government to monitor who is coming in, who is going out, and that is very much in line with its purpose of protecting life, liberty, and property, so I'm totally on board with coming to a checkpoint presenting, I maybe not the passports as we know them today, but saying that, hey, I'm here, I'm coming into your country, here is my identification, the government stamps it, looks at it, and you go in. My issue, my problem comes in with the fluidness of how government can impose requirements for entry. Uh, libertarians in general have an issue with things that are open-ended that government can just sit around the table and say, today we're going to say only people with blue eyes can come in, tomorrow we're going to say only people with... Uh, who have no right leg can come in it's totally arbitrary mm. uh, in some countries you have to be a multimillionaire to en- to enter some countries the most unskilled person who can enter is a nuclear physicist uh, these types of requirements that are set by government by economic planners by politicians who have absolutely no Credentials. they have no qualification to be making such broad strokes economic decisions that is where the the issue comes in uh, a libertarian who recognizes that borders can exist like myself would say that there needs to be a fixed requirement and that requirement must be that you are not coming into this country to harm property liberty or kill people hurt people on this side of the border and if you're not intending to do any of those things, then you should be let in. So, yeah, broadly, you're correct.
0: Martin, what is the difference between the government and the state?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a difficult one. So, um, government is a term that can refer to any. Uh, so, okay, so I I guess I I have a bit of a, an issue of uh, libertarian thinkers on this, but the the argument goes. Government is any entity that governs, so a body corporate, uh, a breadwinner in a household, uh, the executive committee of a club, um, the director of a company. All those things are governments. We never speak about them as such, so I I disagree with uh, libertarian thinkers on this. So I use government and state uh, interchangeably, Uh, but then the state is... The uh, the institution that imposes its will without regard to the willful cooper willful cooperation or voluntary uh, buy-in of its subjects. So the state is very much a coercive institution. You don't have to choose to be part of the company, the club, the house, or the community. You simply you're there, so you have to comply, and you can't leave unless you comply with another host of requirements. Um, and of uh, most importance to libertarians is that the government can come on the the state can come onto your private property without you inviting them there, and they may do their thing on your private property. Uh, whereas a a government uh, a private government cannot because you as the owner of private property are always the government of that private property. So. Um, yeah, to me, state and government mean the exact same thing. Um, I guess in the, in deep political philosophy, there is, there is somewhat of a difference. Uh, there's the, uh, I can't record it. I think it's the Treaty of Westphalia, uh, from several centuries ago is when the idea of the state really first came about, uh, when it had certain requirements, a defined territory, a population and a government. So um, the state is those three things put together, a clearly defined territory with a people and a government that presides over it. But before that, the governments did exist in the form of feudal governments, uh, monarchies, etc. But the state did not exist. So I guess in a political philosophical sense, there is mm-hmm. a difference there. But I think in, a, in for our practical purposes today, it means one and the same thing.
0: Why do you think libertarists libertarianists uh, libertarianists, <laughs> libertarianists that's a new word why do you think libertarians tend to be more sympathetic to uh political conservatives um more mm. so than political liberals is it because of economics
1: I think that's definitely a big part of it yes uh, i I think that libertarians because of our emphasis on private property um tend to have a ever so slight perhaps uh, some, uh, greater sympathy to to arguments that come from an economic perspective, so a lot of libertarians i think most libertarian thinkers f- f- are firmly from the economics tradition so yes. they're economics professors yes. they're investment people etc cetera uh, far fewer sociologists anthropologists uh jurists uh who tend i guess to lean a little bit more towards the left so um yes libertarians do do somewhat come and come down in favor of those who who, who favor free market uh i don't think that that's philosophically justifiable but it's it's probably an inevitability given our our um Mm. our sympathies there have been times i guess in in America, this is true that uh, the, the libertarian movement and the conservative movement are very close fusionism of Reagan, etc., Frank Meyer. Um, in South Africa, interestingly, libertarians were closer to the left uh, given our history, mm. um, uh, the Free Market Foundation, the Institute of Race Relations to the libertarian entities were very much sympathetic to the ANC and so on, uh, so-called white liberal organizations during the previous mm. regime. Um, and I mean, the I think it's obvious why. It's not like the, the yes. apartheid regime was a free market conservative entity. It was very much interventionist in, in economics and in social affairs. Um, and I think that in South Africa the government's authoritarianism was probably more than in the United States. So it, it was far more in your face. And that, that did I guess push libertarians and the left closer together. And there wasn't a and I guess there probably still isn't much of a free market conservative uh uh movement in South Africa. I mean I think Afriforum Solidarity are probably the exceptions, but these are very much uh, almost exclusively in the white community, it's difficult to find mm. the equivalent of that in the black community. Although Herman Mashaba is, I guess, doing his best to to bring out that that community in South Africa, uh, and I think that that would be great if if we could see a, a really grassroots free market uh, movement in uh, more more so in the black community. That would be yeah. excellent. Um, but yeah, so so libertarians have. Um, in in America and I guess in 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 uh, it's difficult to to pin down libertarianism in Europe, but I, I think that that's probably broadly the same there as well. Yeah, that's uh, a good Libertarians and yeah, they they tend to vote in uh, in blocks, I guess, with with conservatives. Um, Murray Rothbard, who is regarded as uh, Mister Libertarian, uh, he was on Hoppe's uh mentor, etc. Uh, he he used to be uh uh, very sympathetic towards the um the left uh in his early libertarian days and then later on he became more sympathetic toward the right so um libertarianism is quite diverse in that respect a lot of uh, a lot of people in libertarian circles are sympathetic to the left um I, I sort of dispute the distinction between uh, so-called left libertarianism and right libertarianism. I don't think libertarianism is broad enough to encompass uh, a socialist philosophy that that does that cannot exist if you mm. if you assume self ownership etc. So what I think is called left libertarianism uh, are capitalist uh, individual rights libertarians who in the circumstances, are sympathetic towards what the political left is calling for. So, for instance, a lot of libertarians in the United States now are um, so are quite on board with Black Lives Matter as the movement, not the, the organization. They very much believe that there needs to be sweeping police reform, um, immediate decriminalization of drugs, etc., whereas uh, other libertarians are far more cautious about uh, really jumping into police reform immediately, a uh, lot more cautious about simply now decriminalizing drugs because of uh, what is happening no. uh, right now so you have these these two currents but I would say that the the dominant one is definitely the, the more sympathetic towards um, conservative uh, yeah. uh, that's, that's the, the dominant uh, stream I would say yeah
0: A very strong sympathy of mine with libertarianism uh, has been my position on this lockdown. And I think yours is probably identical to mine, is that I've been opposed to the lockdown right from the start. I think that the government should never have imposed such draconian measures at all. If anything, they could have just given recommendations and allowed individuals, communities and businesses to decide for themselves what's, what's the best course of action. I'm guessing that's a libertarian position right there.
1: So yeah, so I think that is the 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 mo- more common libertarian position, but obviously it it becomes murky when you when you take the fact that if you are infected with a virus, you are in effect I guess, aggressing against other people by exposing them to your virus, coughing on them, etc. So then that brings in the question, does government have a role to play in plague control? So should government close the borders with China uh, because there is now a, a coronavirus outbreak there? Um, I mean, I struggled a little bit with it initially, but like, I guess from the first weeks, I saw that, yeah, this this is a disaster. Uh So, yeah, I mean, it it comes back down to Hayek's insight and uh, about the dispersion of information and um, just what happens when government does try to control the economy to the extent that it has, and that is total disaster. It cannot direct Mm -hmm. an economy, especially not an economy as complex and as diverse as that of South Africa. People have different circumstances, people have different desires and different uh, goals, the infinite variables. And the government tried to centralize that and uh, direct that. And the the obvious result of that was the collapse of our economy, and that is what happens in communist uh, economies, that is what happens in any type of planned economy. Uh, because government assumes that it has the experts. I mean, even today we still hear endlessly about how government has committees of experts advising it, and therefore we should be okay with that. I mean, that the more I hear about experts, the, no, the more exactly. concerned I am. <laughs> yes, uh, because uh, you can, you cannot. No individual, no group of individuals can have the expertise to direct an economy. Uh, It it simply cannot happen. An economy is a living, breathing thing made up of billions of cells, and those cells are individuals. Mm. Uh, All of us are moving in different directions, and the beauty of it is that the accumulation of our decisions creates a spontaneous order, mostly uh, uh, through the medium of the price mechanism. We Mm. set prices to our goods and our services. And that creates clear information signals. And the moment that starts being distorted by government saying, you cannot go to work and you cannot charge more than 10 rand for hand sanitizer, then you have what we have today, and that is millions more joining the ranks of the unemployed, hundreds of thousands of businesses closing down, and a GDP. uh, I, I struggle to even contemplate what our GDP uh, contraction is going to be after this. But this has happened all around the world. Uh, every country's economy has has tanked as a result of this, uh, even those that even just intervened slightly. Uh, there should evidently, with the benefit of hindsight granted, have been no lockdown whatsoever anywhere um, because the it seems to me that the costs... Are gonna outweigh the benefits of it by leaps and bounds. Uh, coronavirus is, is serious, uh, but I do not think it was serious enough to justify what I think is a massive, massive overreaction. Uh, that that now is probably gonna stick with, stay with us for decades uh, after the virus itself has become normalized or has mm. uh, disappeared from the scene. Um, and of course the 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 greatest the greatest threat I would say is that this has now set a precedent um it has been a test pilot uh, uh an experiment of governments uh, to see what would happen if it takes power to this extent and I think governments have witnessed that nothing much will happen uh by and large people are gonna be okay mm. with it uh and um they will get away with, with the destruction that they have wrought. So I think libertarians now are concerned, but I think it's also another event that libertarians can use to say, well, we told you so and you didn't listen. Maybe now you will take the position of uh, the imperative of limiting government or for some abolishing government more seriously. Because look what happens. Mm. Look what happens when you ask the government to help you to protect you from from nature, I guess, from circumstance. If you ask the government to protect you from circumstance, you get a far worse deal than those circumstances would have would have brought upon you. So it's it's a a lot of people have said that it's the end of libertarianism because of COVID nineteen. I I'm not sure. Why that argument is being made. It's, it's simply another instance of government going far beyond the pale of what it's allowed to do and screwing up exactly as libertarians, uh, have said it would. So I think it, it's, it's as much as an opportunity for libertarians to grab onto and say, well, look, we tried again. We tried using government as a tool of empowerment and as a tool of, of, uh, of, bubble bubble wrapping us again and mm. it has produced the same results. But it it's obviously a setback for liberty around the world. Um,
0: is libertarianism not really just um a mindset of I don't know let's shall we say academics and computer geeks around the world uh, I'm I'm being a little bit facetious but I'm trying to figure out why it's so hated and why it, it doesn't seem to do well in any kind of cultural circle
1: okay well so I guess this links back to um, my initial point about democracy so libertarianism does not uh, purport to be dem- democratic it does not allude to appealing to popular sentiment it's uh i i don't know if you can describe it as a, an elite philosophy uh, not elite as in derogatory but elite as in it's it's mostly about a minority of thinkers um i guess that can be said uh, but then again that can be said for many many other philo- uh, political philosophies which have made a lot of uh uh advances uh uh, throughout history uh and my broader point on that is that i don't think that you need to appeal to the i don't want to say the 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 lowest common denominator but you don't have to appeal to the democratic majority i don't think history is a story of Mm. democratic majorities driving change i think history is a story of vocal and uh dedicated minorities, quite small minorities, uh, exerting influence um, and pushing for change. Herman Mashaba's new party is a good example. Uh, If you read his manifesto, which I did quite quickly, other than his stance on immigration, which I find uh, quite terrible, uh, his other positions are almost libertarian. Mm -hmm. I think his party is almost the closest thing you'll find to a libertarian party in South Africa today. Um, uh, active party and he has what seems to me to be thousands of supporters, people who would otherwise, when you talk about free markets, scoff at you, they would say you're full of shit, but they will probably vote for Herman Mashaba's party. Why is that? They like him. Yeah. They, they like the man. They like the, the, the charisma, the, the strong man image. They like the idea of a, a leader, a decisive leader. So People are going to follow him into Mm. what I hope is going to be a free market policy uh, platform that he would adopt if if he has any type of power. And in so doing, you will have libertarian change. Mm. And I'm not going to be humble about this. I think that Herman Mashaba's time at the Free Market Foundation probably taught him a lot. About uh, economics, about uh, why the free market is important, and now he has brought that into politics with him, so in so doing, a libertarian mindset is is found in his policy a libertarian sentiment rather is found in his policies and If he is destined for greatness, he would uh, liberalize deregulate south africa 's economy, and there you have a what I would say a libertarian victory. The man is not himself a libertarian. But through the uh, uh, through influence, through pressures, libertarianism there would score a victory. There would be some mm. defeats that come with him, but but on the whole, you would say that that's a victory. So that is, I guess, how libertarianism functions in the in the United States. The Cato Institute is one of the most well-funded, one of the most influential think tanks in the country. a, it's a libertarian Foundation too. Yes. Yeah, them too. Them too. They're also very, very much on the libertarian paradigm, uh, and no one, no one's voting for libertarianism. Mm. But these institutions are exerting a lot of influence. Uh, the uh, um, the Federalist Society is associated with uh, conservatism in the United States, but uh, American judicial philosophy, uh, American conservative judicial philosophy, is essentially uh, libertarian uh, uh, jurisprudence uh, and that is what the Federalist Society um, communicated to Donald Trump and he has been appointing Supreme Court justices on the whole who are very sympathetic to what I would say are libertarian ideas so here you see libertarianism does have influence in yes. politics uh, very uh, direct but it's, it's it's not something that I think is uh, is is very easily going to be chosen. You're not going to vote for a libertarian, and he is going to be the the president or the majority party. I mean, that's something that libertarians are working towards, and I think with time, with a lot of time, that is something that could become possible. I don't think it's it's viable right now. So libertarians are are uh, uh, making their influence felt in other ways. Mm. Um, and and I mean, it's it's understandable when you tell people, listen. I don't care that you want to vote for someone who's going to give you welfare. Please vote for me so that I can take your welfare away. That's not something that, that wins you votes. So I guess libertarianism's antipathy ant- eth- towards democracy is very much something that is obviously and inherently going to undermine it at the polls. Mm. Um, but well, I mean, yes, by by definition yes and but 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 then again I don't think it's necessary for libertarianism to be elected um, libertarianism might take power in other ways violently in the future uh, that's that's another issue I have with mm. with my fellow libertarians that's that we're not willing to play the game uh, we we act like we're involved in politics but we're not willing to play dirty we um, I'm not saying be violent by the way I'm just saying that we need to we need to take some some tips from our left-wing uh, and often right-wing opponents, and that is, you need to play dirty. You, yes, you shouldn't feel bad about doxing a a a violent communist like Julius Malema. Yeah. I mean, if if Julius Malema was employed, I would have no qualm with calling his employer and saying what the hell is this? I mean this guy is saying these things on social media. Please fire him. That's doxing. I I I don't agree with the Dave Rubin type free speech absolutism where everything is just okay and we're not allowed to uh like say you saying that is a threat to my interests. I think mm-hmm. that that's fair game. And I think especially for libertarians and many conservatives who are on the libertarian paradigm as well, we need to be a lot more willing to take our gloves off, get off our high horses. I agree. this idea that we are these... uh, perfect being sitting on pedestals uh, lecturing down at the place yes, yes no that that doesn't appeal to anyone and we, I we used need to, to stop doing
0: it. i used to i used to be on the dave Rubin train as well um i've changed my views also on that um i've so i was saying to you earlier that um while i'm sympathetic to libertarian thought i don't classify myself as a libertarian i see myself more as I don't really know, but let's just go with the term near reactionary or reactionary, which I guess is just another way of saying conservative, I suppose, because there are many traditions, many traditions and cultural um, variables that I wish to preserve. Um, and I know that many libertarians would take issue with that. Um, I would I would sometimes, for example, want to keep a baker um, in a little French town... Um, and pay a little bit more than to have walmart come in and offer uh pastries at a lower price but then lose the essence of that town um but that's a that's a complicated conversation and that kind of comes back to communities and culture um and that's why i kind of put those those two things now sort of alongside individual sovereignty and that's probably where i find my conflict of interest with libertarianism unless i've, I've got it wrong you're welcome to interject but but that was that's where I see kind of my personal conflict. So so with that said, I also see uh, going back to what you're saying about playing dirty. Saul Alinsky wrote a book. I think you know it, uh, Rules for Radicals. Yes. And he wrote that book for people on the left. And as you rightly said, there's no harm in taking those same concepts mm. and applying them today. Um, in in yeah. the in the culture war, and as Nasim Taleb says, you you need to apply symmetry. So if somebody if somebody is is coming at you with something, then you need to resist with the same force.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so the the proviso to that is, I would say that as long as what we're doing is in line with libertarian principles, it's fair game. So you can't steal. You can't go to your mm. opponent and grab his phone and like steal it or something mm. like that. You can't kill your opponent. Uh, you that those are off limits. But absolutely, you can dox that person. You can deplatform that person. I think I, I think left-wing deplatforming is brilliant. Like I have a lot of admiration for how the left just simply it wants something and it takes it. It does not It does not care about yeah. uh, uh, surrounding values. I think that is brilliant. I am always awestruck by how the left does what it needs to do. It took over academia. It took over Hollywood. Absolute brilliance. And the conservatives, and I'm including conservatives and libertarians in, in uh, the, whole, the whole shebang in this, they – basically said no that we we won't we won't stoop that low mm. and i was like well yes so enjoy enjoy your defeat um, it it you you cannot win if you don't play by yeah. by the the, the 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 as you say the the goal posts that have been set for you um, yeah, you and, can't, and you can't as... just
0: keep saying, you can't just keep saying, oh, okay, well, you're allowed to say that, you're allowed to say that. And while you're being allowed to say that, people are lying and getting you fired and yeah. all kinds of stuff. And you keep saying, oh, it's okay, it's free speech. No.
1: Yeah. So so the, the way I, I've been expressing it, so Ben Shapiro often says the facts don't care about your feelings. But the converse of that is equally if not more true and the the feelings do not care about your facts either Mm. and that is something that conservatives and libertarians uh specifically need to tap into we need to not entirely drop our obvious to me our obvious uh consistency with uh eternal truth or whatever uh but we need to like replace to an extent um gdp models and in, in the indexes showing that this policy worked work better with stories, uh, we need to replace it not with lies, but with narratives. Mm. Uh, we we need narratives. That is how the left uh, – I, I mean, really, it's it's brilliant. Every single I, – I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not saying this from a, the point of, ooh, there's a spooky thing going on. But almost every single movie or series that you watch today at some level has a – call it a left-wing – message that it is communicating to you uh mo- in, in many stories the enemy is often a capitalist uh, mm. a big corporation uh, uh, uh america is often portrayed as evil in some way um, lots of things that people would describe as normal are portrayed as somehow bad but in at a very subliminal level and uh, that that contributes to to left-wing talking points I think that's brilliant, and that is something that that uh, Hollywood did. Ha- it's very powerful. It's it's mm. narrative. You're telling a story and communicating your your um, your message in that. And I I see this as playing dirty because you're not really you're not in the 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 the, the, the square of mm. uh, democratic debate. You're outside of it, but you're influencing it. Um, and, and libertarians and conservatives in the United States did this in, in in previous centuries. If you watch older movies, for instance, even black and white movies, you get a very real sense of individualism, of pro-enterprise, pro-capitalism uh, from a lot of the narratives. Uh, that has been lost almost mm. entirely. Um, and that's something that I think needs to be recaptured. And, and we we almost need to take our fight. We shouldn't leave the policy arena and the, the political and the economic debate arena, but we need to expand from it. We need to. Uh, a, a lot of people look down on the acad- on academia today. I think that's a mistake. I think that if libertarians and conservatives want to own the future, we need to do what the left did. 50 years ago, and we need to start taking over academia. Yes. Uh, that's why I'm very excited about uh, academia, uh, uh, Solidarity's a private yeah. university. Yeah, I agree it has you. a very uh, conservative slant. I think that's brilliant. I don't think it's look brilliant down too. on academia mm. and say, no, we're not going to do the intellectual work. You need to do the intellectual work because all successful politics is downstream from a political theory, without exception. So we need to. We need to do that. We we need to then more than that. We need to uh, uh, escape our obsession of economics exclusively, even to an extent with law. We need to have libertarian anthropologists, libertarian conservative. We need to have libertarian and conservative sociologists. We need to have libertarian and conservative psychologists. Jordan Peterson is a, I guess, the most brilliant example of that recently, uh, where he's brought a. a, a classical liberal conservative uh, uh i guess paradigm into psychology um we need to do that at a at a much larger scale than just mm. this one brilliant guy uh as the left has done and i think that's that's the recipe for success in the future more than making nice political pamphlets uh, that's that's just not gonna be our ticket to to success <laughs> um
0: Andrew Breitbart actually said something that you're saying now, but he used more direct words. So you said play dirty. He said um, fight back with the same uh, tactics. He, said, he famously said the radical left will never be defeated by a moderate middle. So basically, you've got to be yep. symmetrical um, in your fight. If the left are taking over academia, then, then the right will need to take it back. And, and keep fighting yeah. so that so that we don't end up with a, a, rev- a revised history 25 years from now you know we where we look back in history and all the statues are gone and history has been forgotten because people simply don't like it. Um, yeah. there has to be um, as you say then a, a fight for liberty the the the, the issue though i ha- I have is well it's not really an issue. It's more like philosophical talking points, and I see some people have brought it up in the comments. Libertarianism uh, tends to be very gray when it comes to things like abortion, and, um, and I suppose drug abuse, and those sort of moral-based um, um, talking points. I'm guessing it's true to say that, that even libertarians are divided.
1: So the I think the important thing to remember here is that libertarianism has never been and it at no level claims to be a life philosophy. It, it does not claim that it become a libertarian and then you are a libertarian in all things. You are a libertarian in religious terms. You are a libertarian in family terms. No. Libertarianism, uh, more or less, is a political philosophy. That's it. Uh, it, so it's not going to tell you what position you have to take on abortion, on drugs. It is, libertarianism does not say do drugs. It does not say don't do drugs. It says that do not use violence against people who decide either to do or not to do drugs. That is what libertarianism says. Uh, so the strength of your moral values, of your community's moral values, is what will determine whether that thing happens in your community. So if you are in a conservative Afrikaner community, maybe abortion... So libertarians, my, my view is that abortion would be legal, but it would be so frowned upon in that community that it would be basically unheard of. There will be no abortion clinics... Mm. In that community, because those people will be so ostracized, etc. Uh, drug use will be low in that community, which I f- think it probably is. So, uh, uh, I mean, people use drugs quite. Uh, it doesn't matter what the law is, but if you are part of a strong, a morally strong community, then you have a almost automatic resistance to these things. If you're part of a, a good, complete family. Uh, uh, y- these things aren't a risk to you, so you shouldn't be asking the government to intervene. Uh, I, I, libertarianism says that you need to rely on yourself, and you need to rely on your family, you need to rely on your community, yeah. and that is how you attain these these other ends. So, so we need to be careful about um, – because this is a very common criticism. It's to say mm. that libertarianism has these so-called blind spots. Where Whereas they are not blind spots. They're simply just outside of what libertarianism is. Okay. Uh, so okay. No, that's, I, I, that's essentially
0: okay. And then no. we're going to come in for a landing now. We've gone over time, but I can answer this already. Someone's asking about uh, your view, and, well, li- the libertarian view on secession. Obviously, secession is, is supported anywhere in the world. If a group of people want to govern themselves, then there's no logical reason why that shouldn't happen. Not so.
1: Well, there's there's a proviso, so yes, uh, secession should obviously be allowed, provided that the new state will have a greater respect for liberty than the parent state. So it does get a little bit murky when you have a group of communists saying we're seceding <laughs> from right. from the United <laughs> States, for instance. Then you're like, well, maybe not. But well, why I not?
0: let them. <laughs> then they can have Cuba. Well,
1: the, the, so the the problem is so so if if you add like perfect adjacent properties and everyone on the on their property said I'm a communist we're seceding, do it. The problem is that they will inevitably take uh, a bunch of people with them who do not do certainly do not want to be communists. Uh, I mean, if for instance I live I I live in Gauteng and the EFF takes over government in Gauteng and they're like, yeah, we're we're leaving South Africa now. I'm gonna be like. Please someone invade Gauteng and stop them from seceding <laughs> so so there there is a proviso there, and that is that the, this entity needs to yes. be more li- liberal more libertarian than what it's seceding from and then libertarians are entirely on board of course
0: um martin you you have presented some very good arguments um, and I think any any sane person would listen to this conversation and go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I can't I can't see too many flaws in in your in your logic at all. Um, while I, for example, said earlier, I don't entirely see myself as a libertarian. I've probably got a lot of libertarian aspects, um, and and it's an ongoing journey. I, I, I love how you said that it's not a life philosophy. That yeah. really that's very very important. Um, and and I think you've also Presented powerful arguments for why the market can do everything better than the government.
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a it's an observable fact, and it's uh, I, I I I hate being one of those people who are like saying the debate is over. So just uh, do it. But but in in, mm. in essence, for me, the debate on market versus planned economies is is, is over. I mean, yeah. there's just no proof.
0: And I mean, look at this great comment. That, 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 he says, yeah, yeah, well, at long last, I understand what I am. And that's a libertarian with conservative values. Yeah, And that's largely thanks to how you've now explained things.
1: Yeah, so I think most libertarians probably would describe themselves as that. Uh, as long as we're tolerant towards libertarians who have libertine values, I mm. guess, they, as long as they don't interfere in your In your business, uh, leave them alone to do their thing. And that is all libertarianism is. It's basically live and let live and don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. And other than that, you can do whatever you want. You can have your very conservative uh, Mm. community. I'm a big fan of Orania, for instance. Me too almost a perfect example of a libertarian Uh, they are not libertarian let me not uh, create a a false association there but they are doing whatever they are doing on private property they're not hurting anyone other than offending some people which i guess is hurt in some way Uh, they're not hurting anyone they're on private property they have intensely conservative values there and that's perfectly fine and if a group of hippie libertines who just want to have sex all day and do drugs form their own town on private property and they want to do their thing perfect mm. that is that, that is the framework that libertarianism gives you excepting so they you weren't lost a, <laughs> yes well if they, if they adopt a, a flawed economic model yes it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work
0: <laughs> okay um, sorry, I was just got sidetracked. I was trying to see if there were in, any interesting comments. Lots of people like what you've said. Martin, uh, let's, let's read the last comment. It says, yeah, based on what I've learned and understand today, America must still be the most libertarian country in the world. Do you agree with that? Uh,
1: culturally, I think yes. I think the American culture has a uh, uh, very evident libertarian streak in it even the most hardcore left-wing american still talks about the value of liberty and so forth even though they don't actually uh, uh practice it or live by it so culturally america yes but in practice no a lot of countries are have more uh have less regulated economies than i guess the accumulation of u.s state and federal regulation so uh, Singapore, for instance, has a far freer market than the United States. Some European countries have far freer markets. And then I think, obviously, some countries have more socially liberal uh, laws in, in many respects. Obviously, I think some European countries decriminalized drug use long before America started doing that. So in, in practice, not necessarily, but I that, again, depends on which state you're looking at, which locality in the United States you're looking at. But I agree completely. On a cultural and maybe a philosophical level, mm. uh, you'll find that America is very libertarian. Even, even if you go to a European country that's freer, you can't really talk to a citizen of that country about the values of liberty no. in the same way that you will be able to do that with an American, who, even though his society is more regulated.
0: Well, I mean, which country in the world can you freely wear a white outfit with a white pointy hat and, uh, and, and get away with it? you know
1: when it when it comes to freedom of speech yes i think america is if it's not at the very top uh, freedom of expression broadly if it's not at the very top it's definitely in the top three uh, when it comes to freedom of expression so on that on that respect
0: absolutely mm. yeah martin i have included um some information below the video if, if if i've left out anything i'll add it with pleasure uh if if you want people to to follow your commentary or thoughts where can they go
1: Yeah. So, uh, first port of call is my website, www.martinfanstaden.com. Uh, then I'm mostly uh, active on Facebook. So that's facebook.com slash martinfanstadenliberty. Uh, and then, uh, on Twitter, I am at martin underscore ASFL. So those are my, uh, three main platforms, but on my website, you'll be able to find all of my articles mm-hmm. that I've ever written, uh, all of my appearances in the media uh, and so forth, and all my research so it's, that's, that's the hub
0: It's been a great pleasure Martin
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, it's, it's been great.
0: Cool, alright everybody, my name is Jerm this was Jerm Warfare, The Battle of Ideas